Howdy and welcome. You're listening to the Verso Alto podcast, sponsored by Red Sea Catholic Radio. This is a podcast for college students who desire to live adventurously Catholic. All right, howdy and welcome back to the Verso Alto podcast. Father Chris here with my two co-hosts, Lindsay and Ben. Welcome back, guys. Thanks. Well, we definitely missed everyone last week. We actually had a little blimp and weren't able to record, so... Mm -hmm. Ben is doing better. I am at a <laughs> nasty stomach virus. Right. Mm -hmm. well, Back in the studio. We're <laughs> glad that you're here. So Lindsay and I, we were going to go on without you, but just wouldn't have been complete without wouldn't you, Ben. the same. I yeah. understand. Even though y'all have done episodes without me. No, it's okay. This is a podcast for college students, so we, may, we need to have the college mm. students here, right? Mm-hmm. Awesome, guys. What's been up? What's been going on right now as we're ending this Lenten season? Um, I have been just visiting with friends, family. I actually, so I've been working at 40 Days for Life, and we had a national gala for them oh, on cool. Saturday, which is really awesome to cool. just yeah hear about, be reminded of just the fight for life and the ways that um, prayer and people being out there um, praying on the sidewalks or things really has been saving a lot of lives. So that was really inspiring this weekend. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. I know for us, Lent is a big time for penance services. So all the different Catholic churches in the area, we go to their different penances and just to help the people to be able to receive the sacrament. So mm. last week we had one here at St. Mary's. There's more coming this week. So that's definitely been like a big part of my life the past couple of weeks. Mm. Yeah, say so John 15 had our end of the year retreat yesterday. Cool. That's like uh, our freshman organization, right? Right. And it was a day-long retreat. We came out, had a great time, um, had some good talks. It was just a nice way to wrap up the year. Uh, awesome. That's yeah. cool. Ben, I was thinking of you. I got to play sand volleyball yesterday with some students, so <laughs> yeah. there was a lot of footprints in the sand. <laughs> oh, man. That was nice. <laughs> a little throwback for you right there. Did you get a little teary-eyed? <laughs> I did. About, I yeah, did. Thinking of you and, and my grandma as well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, great, guys. Um, we'll just go ahead and dive in just to remind our listeners, you know, we've been doing a series on poverty and what that looks like. Uh, we had an introductory episode looking at spiritual poverty, looking at material poverty. And with Holy Week coming up, we definitely wanted to look into Jesus's poverty as um, a lens for journeying through Holy Week. So, Lindsay, you want to fill us in a little bit more about what we're talking about today? Yeah. So going off of this lens of poverty that Father Chris is talking about, we've been thinking about how... Jesus invites us through our humanity and the poverty of our humanity to um, grow in holiness. And specifically, we want to use just this lens to really enter into Holy Week as our main purpose, to have the most fruitful and um, just blessed week of really entering in to the poverty that Jesus experienced, which was him embracing all of our greatest poverties during this week. Which that's one of the scandalous things of what our God did for us, right? Mm -hmm. That the almighty God would enter into our humanity and all things except sin. Mm -hmm. So that means he's entering into what it feels like to be rejected, what it feels like to have pain and suffering, what it's like to die, mm -hmm. you know, to surrender to the father's will. So he enters into all these aspects of emotions, of relationships, of mm -hmm. different stages of the human life in order to show us his love for us, to be able to redeem those aspects of our lives and also to be able to unite with us as well in our human nature. So if you think about it, it's it's scandalous in a way just because of 
um, the fact that our God was able to humble himself and empty himself in such a way to be able to bring himself down to our level and mm-hmm. then to be able to raise us up in dignity and elevate our lives as human beings to um, see that our God would take on our human nature. So mm-hmm. pretty crazy. I think it's kind of a hopeful thing too to like look at Christ who like is not exempt from human emotion mm-hmm. and handles it well. It's like it can be done. Mm-hmm. Like through God's mm-hmm. grace, you can be able to handle things like rejection or anger or fear. Like mm-hmm. well, like he 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 did it. He's a great example for it. So mm-hmm. you know, there's a hopeful uh, message in in the way that he walked the human part of this world. Mm-hmm. And I think too, as we start seeing, as you follow along the liturgy and the readings for Holy Week, so starting with Palm Sunday, even in all the way through the vigil and Easter Sunday, especially Good Friday, you know, we're going to be seeing in an intense way how Jesus um, was able to enter into this poverty through the hearing the extreme stories from the gospel of his passion and death in a particular way. And those are opportunities for us to look at our own lives, especially as college students of, yeah, where are there are certain sufferings in my life or certain pains or rejections or fears that I have that I'm able to really unite with our Lord in this um, as we start experiencing it and journeying with him during Holy Week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think part of this is, yeah, what you're saying of uniting with him through mm-hmm. our sufferings and our poverties. And I think it goes to say like, any place that you're coming from entering into this week, like we have a way to unite with him, whether we feel like we're coming from a place of great suffering that we can Mm -hmm. really identify with the cross or the rejection. Um, Or if you've had a lot to celebrate recently, or Mm -hmm. if you're in a different place, like part of this is just finding the way that maybe it's just learning how to console another Mm-hmm. Like how Jesus was consoled. Like mm-hmm. everyone has a role here, um, no matter where you're coming from going into Holy Week. And I think the different um, apostles and the different women that appeared on his walk to Calvary um, give us a place to try to enter in to see where we can unite mm-hmm. with him in this week. Yeah, Lindsay, I think that's really good. So maybe we ourselves are not going through suffering, but we know that there is this opportunity to console the body of Christ as he's experiencing um, the passion, death, and resurrection. And, and there's two ways of seeing the body of Christ. So the first way, um, first off, I think it's important to say, like, how does this really work? How can we console Jesus mm-hmm. when he suffered 2,000 years ago? You know, how can a modern disciple, a college student today, console the Lord in this way? And also recognizing he's in the heavenly bliss, like he's seated at the right hand of the Father. So, like, also, why do we need to console him or, or can't, mm-hmm. does he need consoled? Mm-hmm. So first off, if we're recognizing Jesus as the body of Christ, you know, you also hear the people as the body of Christ and we'll talk about them second or talk about us second. But first off is just a recognition that there is historical time, but we also know that God is outside of time and space so that he's also eternally present to each one of us. That's out of this created time and space. So it's the same way that he can be present to me at the same time. He can be present to you and also be present to everybody who's in India or China, you know, that there's this uh, power that the Lord has, that he's able to be radically present and eternally present to us. And that there's this like mysterious connection then of these historical events of Jesus actually walking this earth and living his life and dying on this cross. That's part of his reality 
that through this mystery of our faith, we're able to connect with 2000 years Mm -hmm. later in our reality. So a similar instance would be when we speak about the Eucharist at mass, that there's this sense of us being truly present at the one sacrifice. It's not a new sacrifice at every mass, but it's the one sacrifice of the cross being extended throughout time um, on every single Catholic altar throughout the world um, at every single mass throughout history. And so there's this way of us being radically and truly present in um, this way of um, the Eucharist and being at the cross um, that we're um, able to be present to. And and that's kind of the similar vein of us being able to console Christ Mm. and his body because scripture even tells us in first Peter that Christ bore our sins in his body on the cross. So you might be thinking, well, okay, did he only bear the sins of the people who lived before him and the people who are there with him? No, it's all sins throughout all of time and history. So therefore there's this also way of our sins being one on that cross, even though they're happening now, 2000 years later. Mm. And so this is also just pointing to this opportunity for us to then also be able to allow our own sacrifices and our own prayers to also be brought back 2000 years to be able to console the Lord in those moments, just as he took on our sins in those moments. So in Isaiah chapter 53, verse four, we hear if it was our infirmities that he bore our sufferings that he endured, um, then also he can allow our offerings now and our love for him now also console him and comfort him during those times as well. Mm. So St. Mother Teresa said that I looked for someone to comfort me, but found no one. And then she just said that uh, that's Jesus speaking to her. And then she said, let me be that person to comfort him. Hmm. Um, Does that make a little bit of sense? Yeah, definitely. I think also when we think about trying to um, love well or make ourselves gifts for others, that uh, was going to have a lot to do with like wanting to comfort and console Mm -hmm. people. Like Jesus took a massive hit for us on the cross. Like if you could imagine one of your friends, like taking like a blow for you, you would go thank them and be like, thank you so much for like, um, covering for me or like doing like, you know, taking a hit for me. Um, like we can do that for Jesus who took like the biggest hit for us and just say to Jesus, like, thank you so much for what you did for me. Like, I love you and just keep a healthy relationship with him. So. Well, and the reality is, is that like that, those prayers like are efficacious to Christ in those moments of mm-hmm. sufferings. Like that's kind of the mind blowing thing that mm-hmm. that's what our faith teaches us, that there is this mysterious way for what we're doing now to be able to comfort him in his moments of suffering. Mm-hmm. And, and as I said before, so that's the first body of Christ we're able to console. And the second one is the least of these. So in Matthew 25, there's 40, you know, Jesus says, whatever you did for one of the least of the brothers of mine, you did for me. So we know that throughout our world today, Um, that there's great suffering in our world, whether from poverty or rejection or abandonment or because of sin of war. So there's a way that we're able to console the body of Christ through our prayers, through our own sufferings by offering it for our brothers and sisters across the world who are suffering. And to be able to know that through our connection as the body of Christ, the mystical body of Christ, that there's also a way that our prayers, our sufferings, our offerings are efficacious for people Mm. who are suffering across the world. Whoa, y'all, that was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so just to clarify, Father Chris, like if we say a prayer to comfort or console Jesus' heart, mm-hmm. um, say like at the time that he was crucified, mm-hmm. it's as if while he was being crucified, he was hearing that prayer from us. 
Yeah, in a, in a, in a certain sense, yeah. That, right. Because that, he's outside of time, is that the idea? Yeah, so there's two different types of time we could talk about of Kronos and Kairos. So like Kronos would be... Um, like the, linear time. Yeah, exactly. Whereas Kairos is one that's the one that would be this eternal time, yeah. the way that the Lord's able to be eternally present to like us. it all exists in one instance, yeah, one moment. Exactly. Yeah, nonlinear, for example. Yep. Mm. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so uh, moving on from consoling Christ, like why would we need to console him? Like what ways during Holy Week are we able to really see how he entered into this poverty? Mm. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. We can find, like we were talking about, we can find like most human experiences of poverty in Jesus' Jesus's experience this week of like he faced um, this poverty in his friendships and in relationships of Peter, one of his best friends, like mm. denying him. Um, he faced one of his apostles, Judas, betraying him, actually leading to his crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Um, and only John, one of the 12 peop- men he's been walking with for the past few years, only John goes to Calvary with him. Yeah, And so I think this simple but like common human experience of rejection and poverty in relationships, Jesus actually takes that on during mm-hmm. his road to Calvary. And I think it's powerful too to like think in your own life, like when have you had good friends that maybe have re- not been there for you when mm-hmm. you needed them because of their own sin, you know, and, and maybe they apologize later, but maybe there are certain people who've had family members abandon them, their mm-hmm. fathers abandon them, their mothers you know, there's this way of us really in our own lives looking at certain ways that we've entered into this poverty of rejection and abandonment that Jesus is entering into during this Holy Week. I think there's another side to that poverty too. It's not just like, oh, Peter feels bad for denying Christ. Like Christ also probably feels bad that he can't go to Peter and just say, hey, like, hey, it's actually all going to be okay. Like, mm. let me just give you the full picture here. Mm. Or um, like even like when he's crucified and he's looking down at John and at his mother, mm-hmm. he probably just wants to get off the cross and just like give him a hug real quick. Just like console them and, and like seeing them suffer as they watch him suffer. Mm-hmm. Like, you know that the Lord of the universe wants to like physically like, like give them a hug and love them there. Uh, but he's on a cross and can't mm-hmm. like he has to let them weep. Like the poverty of just mm-hmm. um, not being in control like of having to be nailed to the cross and he can't do anything about it other than to look at them. Yeah, so true. And I've experienced that. I bet y'all have too of just loved ones that we have that we want to help fix them or help mm-hmm. show them mm-hmm. the light or if they maybe seem depressed or anxious and we want them to see like the goodness of their lives and the hope of the resurrection and and you can't do it for them, you know, that there's this like helplessness mm-hmm. that we feel sometimes. It's also ironic because... Like, even though Jesus probably wanted to console Mary while she was on her knees in front of the cross, like he actually was like Mm. by dying for her in that Mm. moment, Mm -hmm. he actually was like by doing this hard act that is seemingly hurtful. Mm. He was actually like probably loving Mary more than he ever could Mm -hmm. in that moment of like being on the cross for her. Um, And even though he couldn't explain that to her, right? Like he knows in his heart, like that he was doing such a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that if we, especially if you go to the Stations of the Cross on Good Friday or if, once again, the Palm Sunday um, gospel coming up, just some really s- intense scenes that we can see this poverty being lived out. And, and y'all probably know this from even just times of doing Stations of the Cross in the past. And, and since we were kids, you know, of 
looking at the agony in the garden, you know, the three apostles falling asleep in the garden and not being able to stay awake. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to see that on Holy Thursday, you know, the scourging at the pillar, the crowning with thorns that's carrying into good Friday, Mm -hmm. you know, the carrying of the cross, um, also something of, of a very big image of this poverty that he's entering into. Mm -hmm. I think being a human, it'd probably be so disheartening if you're like preparing to go get crucified, like you're the Christ and you know, it's about to happen. And then you, come over to your friends they're like falling asleep you know Mm -hmm. it's like the smallest thing you know Mm -hmm. like you'd think like like i'm about to die for everybody like Mm -hmm. you know for sure they're gonna be like praying hard for me (laughs) you know come back and they're asleep yeah you can't even stay awake for an hour yeah like wow Mm -hmm. sometimes when i fall asleep my holy hour that's what i think i'm like geez ben you can't (laughs) really you can't stay awake for an hour in prayer (laughs) yeah no it's so true but then, hey, that's another poverty there for the apostles to embrace, right? Like they're mm-hmm. tired, you know, yeah, like yeah. it's hard to stay awake sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we know too, like the greatest poverty that he enters into is death, right? In the crucifixion. So mm-hmm. that he even loves us so much that he enters into this poverty of death, something that was brought into the world through sin. He himself, who was sinless, but still chooses freely to enter into this uh, poverty of death. Mm-hmm. I think looking at all of these poverties that he entered into, it reminds us like why why do we have confidence in our poverty in mm. our humanity? Like why have we been focusing on this theme of poverty? Um, and it's that God chose to send His only Son to become man mm-hmm. and to embrace our humanity. Um, and some reason He chose that as the way for our redemption. Yeah. And the point is that then he redeems it. Yeah. It's not just staying in this poverty or yeah. staying in this humanity, but how Jesus actually embraced like even like humiliation, abandonment, rejection, helplessness, mm-hmm. like so many of the core like wounds and experiences yes. of our humanity. And like Father Chris was saying, we could probably relate to all of this in a degree, like whether just our own like lack with our family or friends or our own self. And the point is that he embraces it and then redeems it through this experience of Holy Week. Yeah, Yeah, I love that, Lindsay. And just the reminder that like, yeah, it's not the end. The cross isn't the end, but the resurrection is. But how important it is for us to recognize like the cross is necessary. Mm -hmm. That we have to go through the cross if we're going to also rise with the Lord on Easter Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes we want to just skip over the cross. Mm-hmm. We want to skip over the passion and death and just go straight to the resurrection. So, but we know that our Lord and in, in his mystery of who he is and how he created us and how he chose to redeem us, like you were saying, Lindsay, for some reason he knows out of our goodness and for our eternal goodness mm-hmm. that we have to endure the cross. We have to choose to embrace the cross and to be able to try to do it in full freedom, just as he did. Mm. Um, yeah, and I think that that's kind of where this poverty is such a catalyst for holiness, right? Mm-hmm. So back to when I was thinking of being in Honduras, that a lot of the people, they didn't know a lot about the faith, but they were really poor, both materially as well as interiorly, that mm-hmm. they had to depend on God for everything. And it's such a catalyst for holiness, And I think that that's also what Jesus is showing us through Holy Week is poverty and interior poverty, even an external poverty is um, so important for our walk with the Lord into this life and into the next. Mm -hmm. 
So what are some, uh, maybe just in what could be some practicals for our listeners of how to enter into Holy Week, maybe practicals for entering in with a lens of poverty, but even just to help make Holy Week one that's going to mm-hmm. be uh, allowing you to open your heart and your life to receive what God has in store for us. Mm-hmm. I love watching the passion on Good Friday, mm. the day Christ died. And the yeah. passion is just like a beautiful and graphic depiction of Christ's suffering. And they do a really good job at making it gory. So you can really be like, wow, like that's probably close to what happened. Mm. Um, yeah. And then it's hard to talk and celebrate after watching that mm-hmm. um, and knowing it was the day Christ died. Mm-hmm. So I try to enter into silence after that and mm-hmm. just kind of think about what Christ did for me on this day mm-hmm. thousands of years ago. Yeah. Uh, and I think speaking of that silence, but another practical is maybe to try to disconnect from technology if you can. I know some people have school and work still until Holy Thursday and, and sometimes even Good Friday, but try to lessen the amount of technology, lessen the amount of noise in your life so that you can encounter this poverty and the silence, you know, and to be able to encounter our God in the silence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing I heard a couple of years ago that really helped me was praying about and asking for specific like person in the gospels to walk with during Holy Week. Mm. So whether it's Mary or one of the apostles or one of the weeping women, like just really asking for one of the saints to like guide you through Mm -hmm. this week and to also like feel freedom to put yourself into this story and to really enter into imaginative prayer. Um, Maybe in the place of the people in the gospels or just putting yourself in any scene that Jesus was a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just really like journeying through the stories um, throughout this week. Awesome. Maybe a last couple of practicals is to be able to participate at least one, if not more of the Triduum days. So we know the Triduum Holy Thursday all the way through the Easter Vigil is one liturgy and to be able to go to at least one of those, if not all of them, to really journey with Holy Mother Church in these days will just really be impactful as well. One thing, especially with poverty, uh, fasting. So just a reminder for everyone, especially our college students who maybe didn't grow up with this, but Good Friday is a mandatory day of fasting. So that means to have one larger meal throughout the day or, um, and if need be, two smaller meals that don't equal up to the one large meal, just as a way of really entering in, once again, with the suffering of the body of Christ, the people across the world who are also hungering, but then also as a way of consoling Jesus, the body of Christ, through offering our hunger and our thirst for him as he thirsts for our souls on the cross and thirsts for our souls on the cross. Mm. All right, guys, we'll just wrap it up with our episode today. Uh, it's been awesome. And, and I pray that all of our listeners um, have a blessed Holy Week as we start off on Palm Sunday. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll definitely be united with y'all in our own prayer, in our own little offerings throughout the week as we unite with our Lord as he endures the holiest week of the year for us is his passion, death and resurrection. Mm. All right, Ben, you want to close us out in prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, Lord, we ask for the grace to just understand what you did for us in this holy week. The grace to be able to console you in all your pain and all your suffering and to unite our suffering to yours. In all the places where we are poor, Lord, and wish we could be more than what we are, we ask that you humble us, 
Teach us to walk the way that you walked on this earth with meekness and with gentleness. Lord, help us make a good rest of our Lent and fully enter into the Triduum so that when you are resurrected on Easter Sunday, we can rejoice and have something to hope in and strengthen our faith. We ask this to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Amen. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, guys, have a good rest of the week. Thanks, you too. Get ready for those palms. <laughs> <laughs>